0: Welcome to Pauly Malignaggi from Brooklyn
1: to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauly Malignaggi takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm it on life in general. Many sports topics and politics. Pauly doesn't hold back. The two-time world champion, Pauly the. Brooklyn to the world
2: Peter Cogs At Nick Lupo Seth the twit Yeah 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 Who else is here?
1: What, what do you want to do? You want hey, to do Hey Look who it is <laughs> What do you want to do? I let, uh, let you The host To start the show You don't need to introduce me To my own show What do you want to do guys? Let's have it let's do, let's do this the right way No? Sure I'm uh, coming to you from Miami Over here South Beach Nice South weather beach. no? your second yeah. home well right now it's actually raining but it was good like twelve hours ago then it started pouring it's been raining all day here yeah nah I'm definitely not like that here I mean it was actually I went to a local cafe to watch the uh, Miami-Dade Madrid game and when I went there it was sunny as hell hot as hell when I left the cafe it was pouring That's that'll do answer. it yeah, that'll, that'll do it that'll do it yeah so what's going That's on there problem, what, what, what else what's the good word over there in New York
2: Oh, we're chilling, man. We've got a lot to talk about today. This is uh, episode fifty-two. Episode fifty-two.
1: Uh, yeah, we're on the full, full year.
2: The full year. Imagine that. Who yeah. would ever thought we would make it this far? <laughs> hey, it's Whatever. been it's been an
1: well, honor we're and a take, pleasure. We gotta take our loyal listeners, but they are very loyal, because you know. We, give, we, up, we we put we have a lot of antics that you know sometimes piss people off and sometimes some of us and though, you know what our loyal followers they love us for our, for who we are and for our antics as well and we gotta thank them for that you know exactly boom but what's going on let's talk about some Boston what about Floyd Mayweather you, you guys really not think he's coming back I mean I don't know I was uh I was privy to the interview uh with, what he did with Jim Gray on Saturday and uh, you know I was actually obviously listening they did it right behind me and I don't know man you know I mean. You think the, enough money can be generated? That kind of money can be generated for him coming back. Well, think about it. Who who
2: could who could bring that kind of money? Because he's talking about nine-figure paydays. That's yeah. crazy. That's a hundred million dollars. Yeah. That's I mean, how is that possible?
0: If there was a if there was an opponent, you know, right? Who who no could opponent? bring? You know what? You guys
1: want to know what I, my hypothesis is on this? I tell you, my hypothesis on this. I don't think. There's an opponent that's going to generate 100 million dollars, unless it's possibly a Pacquiao match, possibly, maybe Golovkin fight, possibly, and I don't see those fights happening. Uh, Floyd is not on steroids like that, so he's not going to take. He's not going to become a middleweight. He's not a bodybuilder, that's for sure. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then also uh, the the flip side of that is also Pacquiao. You know, it might be a waste of time to do that fight again. So you don't know if everybody's going to buy into the whole hype. You know, a lot of people feel they got duped on the first fight when they bought it so you don't know if you're going to be able to generate that kind of those kind of sales again. Here's my thing. Showtime made so much money with, with Mayweather, especially on the Pacquiao fight. I mean, they made so much money on that Pacquiao fight that it's almost like, and as, a, as a gratitude, they would give him a $100 million deal to come back and fight. And even if they lose money, they're still in a surplus with Mayweather. No matter who he fights, you know, you're not going to generate $100 million fighting Danny Garcia or Adrian Broner or whatnot. You know, so... So I think it's more to do like 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 more of something like a a gratitude to Floyd, and uh, if they give it to him, they'll take they'll stay in the red for that particular fight, but they'll obviously be in the green on the overall. That's the only thing I can possibly, the only concept I can possibly think of that would, you know, they would actually be offering him nine figures like that. You know, so who knows?
2: Did you, did you just say as a gratitude to Floyd, like, hasn't <laughs> hasn't his pay in the last <laughs> fucking <laughs> 10 years been enough gratitude?
1: I don't think you understand what I'm saying, Joe.
2: I understand he, he, what you're saying.
1: The They've made so much money on Floyd Mayweather in the Pacquiao fight that there, there's no way they can wind up in the red. After that fight, they made so much money, an astronomical <laughs> amount, that they just want to keep their guy happy. So if, if they didn't come to a deal to keep their guy happy, um, you know, it's possible that, you know, they'll take, they'll take a loss for this particular fight, which on the overall, if you're looking at it as a businessman, you look at your, you look at you'll know, say you buy a stock, you know, you buy a stock at, at 20, if it goes up to 80 and then it goes back down to 50, you still made, you know, you still up 30 points on it. You know, you don't look at it like you lost 30 points, you know? So, so that's kind of the thing here. You know, I, I think, uh, I think with Floyd, even if they lose money on this particular fight, they'll still be so much in the in the in the green from uh, from the Pacquiao fight that uh, you know they won't mind it. You know, and, and, they, and you know it's it, it's about keeping the, the business relationship with Floyd open. You know. The thing is,
0: like some of the opponents that Jim Gray, I, I give Jim Gray credit for mentioning fighter names. I thought that was good. They mentioned Triple G and mentioning uh, maybe Winter Thur- Porter and uh, Thurman and. And Floyd did not seem interested in fighting any of those guys. And I don't blame him. I mean, but, so, but then who who
1: could it possibly be that could generate any interest? My, I'm thinking it's going to be Danny Garcia. I mean, Garcia has a, a, a pretty good resume. Um, and, you know, it, it's a stylistic matchup that kind of favors Floyd, even though, you know, Danny's a solid fighter. The, the stylistic matchup favors Floyd. Um, and, you know, and he, they said he, sorry, they said he trademarked uh, TBE, Fifty,
3: 50 yeah, like that, yeah. Right? and TMT fifty,
1: and TMT fifty. So, <clears throat> so you know, I, I think it's you know, th- those are like little hints that you know. Why would you trademark those things if you don't intend on, you know, making them a fact? You know, and, and, that, and that's the thing. I'm, I, I, I I'm, I'm getting to the point where I really, I will kind of, I would be surprised if he doesn't come back. I mean, P- after having heard that interview, I'll be surprised if he doesn't come back.
0: Paul, what about you? Think there be any interest in a, a
1: rematch with Canelo? Um, you know.
2: That's another guy that brings that kind of money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's the middleweight title, you know.
2: At fifty-five, sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. One fifty-five, catch me, whatever. But you know. Hey, Sugar Ray did it. <laughs>
0: Why can't Floyd do it? Sugar Ray, yeah. got the light heavyweight title at sixty-eight.
1: He did. He sure did, Seth. You're a, you're a, not only are you a historian, but you're a gentleman and a scholar. Oh, that's thank right, you, sir. <laughs> thank yeah. you. He sure did. Ray and did do that. So so it's uh you know, I mean that's 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 within the realm of possibility. That's a good point, you know. Well, Canelo's a very good point. I mean and that's actually a fight that could generate the the nine figures. Yeah. That's actually a fight that could generate the nine figures. Oh. That's, that's really interesting. Especially when you put it into the mix into the little bit of the equation that the, it's for the middleweight title now, so Floyd will get a chance to win a sixth weight class. Um, you know. And regardless of what Canelo wants to make the catchweight at, you know, for, for Floyd, that would also work, you know? And if Canelo doesn't want to fight Triple G... I don't G's fighting any real middleweights, because no real middleweights can make 155 pounds. They just can't, you know? Right. If he wants to
0: fight Triple G, why not take a big money fight with Floyd first, because win, win or lose, he could still fight Triple G
1: after that. Well, yeah, I, yeah I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could, yeah, you're right. Uh, but I, I gotta say, you know, the, the Canelo fight, yeah, I, I can't believe I hadn't thought of that. I really give myself... I really, uh, I really mad at myself. I, I can't believe I wouldn't have thought to that myself, especially if I haven't heard of the nine figures. Canelo makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's just, it's well, just, you and
2: I have spoken about that in the past, like you know, yeah, uh, the yeah. fact that Canelo is so much of a bigger name now than when he fought Floyd originally. That yeah, there's always that opportunity to to get it again. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. What about what about how he gets he gets defensive and throws in Andre Ward's name when? when they brought up Triple G, but they asked him who pound-for-pound pound the best is right now, and he says Chocolatito. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> don't
1: think <laughs> that, that was Joe. I, I, thought, I thought it was Andre Ward. I mean, I, for me, the pound-for-pound pound guy is Andre Ward, not Chocolatito. Uh, Chocolatito is an exciting fighter. He's a good fighter, but I, I, I like Ward. I like Ward as my pound-for-pound pound guy right now.
0: I think you you oh. made that point really well last week. I think you really nailed it. What? That that, that Ward is a pound-for-pound.
1: Pound. Yeah, we sure did. We sure worked into it. Um. What about the fights over the weekend? What did you guys think? Let's go,
2: man. Let's go. Let's go what? A lot of fights okay. this weekend. Where do you go? Let's talk
1: about them. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with the early card first. Let's talk about uh Berto and Ortiz. First, first of all, for our UK followers, uh, I know Huey Fury got a win over um over uh who's the Cameroonian guy that gave Chris Ariel that tough fight that time? Remember, Pete? Um. I
2: mean, yeah, I I know who you're talking about. Yeah,
1: they they ended up they ended up uh. He ended up getting a win on points or a technical decision or so whatnot. But well, that's a pretty solid win because that guy wasn't an easy guy to deal with, you know. That wasn't an easy guy to deal with. So good win for you Fury. He uh, tries to continue the, the the Fury legacy, I guess. And then uh,
2: what is he? His cousin? His brother? What is he?
1: His first cousin, yeah. That's oh. what they said. They said he's his first cousin, yeah. So that's a win over there. And then uh, let's go into the the early card here in the states. It was uh, Andre Berto versus Victor Ortiz was the main event, but I still haven't seen all the fights. But from what I heard, is all knockouts. I mean, did you guys, what did you guys think of that card?
2: The card the card was phenomenal, uh, as action-packed as you could get. You, you couldn't ask for a better commercial for PBC than right. that, that card
0: that
1: was on yeah, Fox on Saturday. It was like... <laughs> What's the shame is I heard it didn't get a good rating. That's a shame. Because if people would have watched, I'm sure they would have been really entertained, you know? The problem is you're also going against the NHL playoffs and the Capitals and Penguins are playing at the same time. Yes,
2: yeah, that's, that's uh, true. That,
1: that's, a, that's a tough one, you know, especially a whole matchups in the playoffs. The Capitals and Penguins are probably the the elite matchup. In the NHL playoffs, you know. So the NHL aren't, aren't stupid either. You know, they knew to put that down Saturday prime time. Yeah, we started out with um unbeaten featherweight uh, Jorge Lara, and he... Yeah, he knocked out Montiel Fernando Montiel in one round. That's, that's the... quite a statement. I mean, I don't want yeah. to past his prime, but to get him out of there in one round like that, that is quite a statement. And that's uh, <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure uh, you know, he'll be got to, to for people to keep their eye on in the bantamweight division. Uh, it'll be interesting, cause, you know, the bantamweight division is kind of gonna have gotta have a resurgence now that. A lot of guys have kind of uh, moved up and abandoned it, you know? He, uh, des- he, he destroyed him. What in that weight class? You know, Rashi Warren, you got this kid, Lara. You got the, the kid, uh, the guy that beat Warren, what's his name? Uh, Piano, you know? So, by and by, uh weight's starting to start a, you have a couple of exciting guys in there, little by little, you know?
2: Absolutely. Um, after that, it was uh, a surprise knockout for me uh, mm-hmm. with La Bomba, Edwin.
1: That was bad.
2: That was (laughs) so bad.
1: The thing I don't get about Rodriguez, why does he feel the need to fight like that every time? Like, like he already had a close call last year. Uh, I forgot who the guy was. It was on PVC. It was one of the better fights on PVC. Both guys were down, and he survived it. You know, like he just gets into these slugfests where he's—they're literally just throwing haymakers, and he just starts throwing haymakers. Throwing
2: um, haymakers—he—he couldn't get missed. Like he. If you missed so what, him, you had to be trying.
1: Is what is the issue, dude? Like, like you, I'm sure you go in the gym. You got Ronnie Shields. You're training. I'm sure you're working on technique. What's the problem when you get to fight night and you can't seem to have any technique? It's not the first time he's done this. Like, what's going on out here, bro, dude? You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 why it's, it's actually a shame. He's a pretty good fighter, but. It's, it's, it's wild, and obviously, you know, it was only a matter of time that he kept doing this that he was going to pay the price. It was only a matter of time. Um, you know, he, he should have learned his lesson last year when he had that close call. If that's not a lesson learned, I don't know what is. And obviously, if you don't learn your lesson that night, you got Thomas Williams who uh, made you learn it the hard way. So a big knockout win for Thomas Williams. Definitely the biggest one of his career, and he uh, was calling out Donna Stevenson after the fight. So, you know, maybe we should look for uh, Williams versus Donna Stevenson pretty soon. I guess he made himself the mandatory. Is that what it is?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, this this was a a shot at the at the title, the winner.
1: Well, we can talk about uh, Stevenson, but I, I'd love to see far and Stevenson again. You know, I mean, I'd love to see far and Williams even. You know, right. uh, I on is playing relatively soon. He's got something coming up, but he's for me, he's one of the more exciting guys TBC has. Hey,
0: Paulie, to to your point with uh, Rodriguez, he actually was quoted after the fight. He said, "I didn't fight the way, the fight I was supposed to. I was supposed to go in there and box, and I didn't do it. I should have taken my time." So,
2: well, listen, let's not get crazy. He's not a boxer. Let's you he's know. Not a-
1: if you're a boxer. No, he's not. But if it, you do go to the gym and learn. He, he, right. You don't get this far as far as Edwin Rodriguez has gotten in his career by fighting the way he did Saturday by fighting the way he did last year and that other crazy fight. Like you don't get very far in your career if you fight like that. That's like club fighter mentality, you know? Right. So obviously, Edwin has more ability. The problem is, I don't know what's gotten into his brain lately. Like he just decides, like you know, this is the way I'm going to fight and, and that's it. It's you, you basically just you gotta hit the lotto. You're going to, either you're gonna hit the lotto, or the other guy's gonna hit the lotto. because the other guy obliges. Which these opponents he's been having have been obliging and they've been swagging it out with him. It's just a matter of who's going to hit the button first. You know, it's crazy, It's crazy. But you're not going to survive a fight like that all the time. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, he was getting hit with everything, and and his hand, just his hand positioning. His hands were low. He's wild, like you said, and he actually, it, he actually got to the point where I <laughs> thought he was going to wear Williams down.
1: Well, that's <laughs> the thing about boxing and fundamentals is. They are more important at close range. Fundamentals of boxing at, at a distance obviously are important, but they're not as important because you know, you're at a distance enough where sometimes you can you know, not pay a price for your mistakes. But at close range, when every single punch in the book you're in range for, you're going to be hit with every single punch in the book, your fundamentals have to be tighter. Have, and so you can't get in there and start slugging in that way, in that reckless manner because, again, like I said, I mean, you're going to wind up like Evan Rodriguez at a certain point. I mean, and it's, it's a lesson he, he obviously... Didn't learn last year. I mean, it's, and like I said, it's a shame. I think he's a pretty good fighter, but you know, and you got to turn like Ronnie Shields who obviously knows what he's doing. You know, you gotta you, you gotta build that, you gotta burn that into the guy's head. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously now, I'm sure he's gonna have learned now after that loss. But, hopefully you know, he learned now. You don't want you don't want to have you don't want to have learned a, a lesson like that. Haven't been defeated because now you got to rebuild and you got to do that whole go through all the business, the shenanigans of the business of boxing. You don't want to deal with that, you
2: know? Yeah, think about it. You were right there to get a title shot if you if you get past that hump. And yeah. now you just put yourself back, God only knows yep. how far.
0: Yep. You know, one other light heavyweight fight on there, too. The card,
2: Phil Jackson. Yeah, that's our buddy, actually, Phil. Yeah, I agree. didn't
1: realize Phil got knocked out by uh, David yeah. Benavidez. You know, they told me Benavidez looked spectacular, but I didn't realize it was Phil that had, uh, had fought David Benavidez. So what happened? I you know, Again, I didn't see his card. What, Benavidez,
2: Benavidez looked good, but Phil also, like we know, you know we've seen Phil. Uh, um, he didn't look like himself. I don't know what, what it was. Uh, hands down, a little too relaxed. Uh-huh. Um, he just was getting hit. He 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 couldn't get out of the way. So, I, to me, it just didn't look like Phil, you know, like mm-hmm. Phil Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's up with him, man. He's another one that was so close. Even when you gave him that, that speech about when he was fighting, what was it, Darnell Boone? Yeah. And you told him, listen, look good the next time. You're, you're in a good spot right now. And he ended up getting caught. And now he comes into this and, he, I don't know, he just looks so weird. He... he he was, like, too relaxed. Like, me and Sharifo. Like, like, what, what is he doing? His hands are at his side. And once he started getting hit, that was, uh, like, he couldn't he couldn't hack it. But Benavides can fight, right? I mean, he's... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, this is Jose Benavidez's brother. We know Jose knows how to fight. But Jose, is like, a little stagnant in his career. He's so inconsistent. So, you know, I'm wondering how David is going to wind up being. But obviously, it's a big win. I mean, it's not a big win where on a national or international level people don't know Phil Jackson. But... You know, we know Phil's been a quality fighter. So to have a win over Phil Jackson, you know, you're well on your way, and you're doing on uh, doing something right, obviously. And uh, David Benavidez, especially,
2: out. especially in the second or third round, whatever it was, I think it was a second, or second a third. round. Second
0: round. I mean, and overall, man, it was awesome to watch those fights. Like, it was oh, just it was so action packed! Yeah, it
2: was great. And the main event. The main event was. Uh, listen, I, I, if you put a gun to my head, I would have said I would have said Berto. Of course, just, you have to just because of the mental state of Ortiz. Nobody knows what it is. And the and opponents the opponent, Berto faced. I was, kicking, I was, kicking, Berto I was faced.
1: kicking Berto for this fight because I think you have to build to a tough fight for if you're Ortiz. Ortiz cannot just fight cupcakes and then just. Uh, be in a tough fight not because he doesn't have the ability but because on a mental side of it he needs to be tested in some fights first kind of to build his mentality for a big fight and, and he hadn't had that so I wasn't I wasn't really picking Ortiz for the fight I, w- I was kind of th- leaning towards Berto I just didn't think it would have been that quick what did you guys think?
2: No, I mean, exactly I, it, you know, I was watching it and I'm sitting there and I'm saying well, first of all, I told you, I texted you I said, there's something wrong with Berto's legs The the guy like his lead foot lands second, which I don't even know how to explain that. Like hops. <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. When he got dropped, see, Victor Ortiz started out phenomenal. He looked good in the beginning rounds. He, he won he won all the rounds until, obviously, the last one, the fourth round. And when he dropped bertol it wasn't like bertol was hurt by any means. You could tell he wasn't. But he didn't have his lead foot on the, on the canvas. <laughs> it was like mid-step. But still take nothing away from Victor because Victor was popping a jab. He was you know, he he was moving, he had a game plan. What I was saying was if you are Birdo, you know the mental state of this guy is shaky, bring the fight. You know, bring it to him, make it a dog fight. And it took him a few rounds, I guess, to, to warm up and give Victor's timing and then he did just that. I mean he landed a right uppercut that I anybody <laughs> anybody would have went well, down. We already
1: know Burr with his uppercut, especially on left feet, is pretty dangerous. I mean, obviously, you know, they didn't work out too well against Guerrero, but I remember him blitzing Carlos Quintana with some vicious uppercuts. Is that yep. the kind of thing that he was hitting Victor with?
2: Oh, he slipped, he slipped a jab and just boom, boom. everything on it. <laughs> yeah. Victor had no clue what happened to him. He you went down. You knew it down. was over. You knew it was done. He, um... What the best was? <laughs> the best is Jack Reese. <laughs> he gets he gets up from that. You know you're all right. Yeah, I'm all right. He goes and and Berto knows now it's it's time to go for the kill. And Berto starts hitting hitting, and then Victor does the uh, let me try to get up late. You know. Yeah.
1: Get Jack up at. Jack Reese Rees never let you get away with that. Right, no, gonna, I love it. Jack Reese is never going to let you blame him. That's what I like about Jack Reese. I Jack love Rees it. Y- He'll never let you get up at the last second and, like, and then tell you you count that out so that he can be part of the controversy. He'll always make you make the decision. And that's Six, what I like about Jack Reese. Like, seven. If a, guy, if a guy gets up last second, he obviously doesn't want to fight. Right. But Six. They, but sometimes when you stop it, then they blame the referee. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anybody that's waiting for the last possible instinct to get up doesn't want to continue to fight. He's hoping that he doesn't beat the count if stops it. So i I love how Jack Reese takes the blame off himself. I like that because, you know, you're not going to get stopped and then blame the referee like, oh, I beat that count. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I actually like that, that that Jack uses that line. You just beat it. You just made it. He said <laughs> you just yeah. made Which it. he's that moment, I, I, from what I'm hearing, is the last thing Victor wanted to hear. Right. He's uh, No, it
2: was like six, seven, eight, nine, nine I mean, and a I'm half. Nine <laughs> and three Nine and three quarters. <laughs> And then he got up, and he was like, you just made it! Congratulations! Wow! And you see Victor's face had this blank stare, like, 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 why the fuck fuck wouldn't you just stop And he asked him about
0: 16 times, do you want to continue? Do you want to continue? continue? Do you want to continue? He wouldn't
2: even look at him. Right, he's like, uh...
0: He started turning into a butthead. He's like, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, he didn't want to fight.
2: And listen, anymore. we know that. I don't blame that's, him. He would have got hurt. Right. But we yeah, know that that's Victor Ortiz. People yeah. are like, oh, did he really quit? Yes, there's other ways of quitting without saying, you know, no mas, or, 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 or I quit, or yeah, I'm some done.
1: Guys, some guys foul out. Some guys right. do, the, do that, you know, of course, yeah.
2: But that being said, I want to point out something. He's still a fighter. He's still a, a guy that, that went in there and, and tried. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it
1: at play.it.
2: There was a fan. This oh, that was piece of shit horrible. motherfucker was in the stands.
1: You know at, what I'm, I'm thinking that is? I'm thinking that guy got drunk. So I've been to Carson. They started hurling beer at the ring when, when Chavez got uh, stopped against so Faro. And I, I even got hit with a beer. Um <laughs> I remember that. I think they start betting in the crowd. And I'm I'm thinking maybe that guy must have lost a bet. He must have thought he was a locksmith and he must have bet Victor. And, and no, I'm serious I'm, I'm seriously just uh, you know, just uh guessing over here. I'm making an educated guess, but I'm thinking the guy must have lost good money on Victor and that he must have bet him.
2: What do you do? I didn't let's hear But still it's too fucking, still, bad, that's fucking bad, man. You know, so they they're walking Victor to the locker room and you know, he has his team with him and obviously he's down, you know, he just lost. And some guy in the stands throws a fucking pizza box at him. Like, have some fucking class, the, the, man. Uh, have Vic, some respect. Victor's trainer was about Victor's to go beat trainer, the shit out of the guy. Victor's trainer had to be separated yeah. because he went at him. Um, oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no place for that in this sport. I mean... In any sport, you know? In any sport. Yeah. But a guy that goes in there and, and you know has enough guts and courage to get in a ring and you're going to go throw shit at him? I mean, listen... It's very simple. <laughs> if you don't like the guy, you don't want to uh, approve of him as a Mexican. If you're a Mexican, he's not one of you guys. Okay, don't go to his fights. It's Very fucking simple. Of course. Of course. It was horrible,
1: you know, man. But what if you bet? Like you know, you, you put one of your locksmith wages in, and, and then you see him quit. Like you'd rather just you'd rather just lose. You don't want to uh, any any fights. and he goes down fighting, and you say, you know what? All right, I bet him. But you know, but, what, but when you got when you bet on a guy that, that's quit. Obviously, it's his bad if he bet him because, you know, you already know the guy has that history. But, you know, right. w- w- would you be a little bit more teed off?
2: Yeah, I'm not going to disrespect a guy like that.
1: Of course not. Of course not,
2: you know. No, I'm the moron for betting on him, you know. It's no, <laughs> classless.
0: That's just no class oh, It's horrible. I was, I yeah. was
2: really – I watched a video. Somebody sent it to me, and I said – I really wish security would have got that guy and brought him in the back and just left him for dead right there.
0: They could have like, treated him like fan man. Yeah, just, just like, yeah. smash smashed him in the, the head with shit a cell out phone of or something. Yeah.
2: Leave him to, for a bloody pulp and let him wake up and wonder where he is. Victor would have hit him with one shot and knocked him oh, the fuck please. out. And Victor, and Victor's, Victor's such a nice guy that, like, like, I guess he was so shocked by it yeah, and he just like walked he really to the locker to room, it. like he had his hands on his face, like he he must have been like, "What the fuck? I just got out of the ring, like give me a break." I just got a beat. like yeah. you know, you're doing this. Yeah, what a low life scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be a real scumbag. Did
1: Victor try to attack him or just no? Nah, just the trainer. trainer.
3: Victor just kept walking. He like really didn't react to it at all.
1: Uh, man, I would have been flipping. I don't know. If that Are was you working. kidding me? Although we did have some stuff getting thrown at us when we left the ring in, in Houston when we lost to Juan Diaz, but it was coming at us from so many directions that we didn't know. Yeah,
2: you know? like nobody actually sat there.
1: actually throwing it, you
2: know? Yeah, nobody actually sat there literally in arm's length and, and pegged you with a pizza box, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he hit him with a fucking fastball right in his eye.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah he, the He, whole he pizza fucking frisbeed it. Oh, he frisbeed it. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to kind of frisbee the, the pizza box if it's going to have anything on it, you know? You, <laughs> yeah. You know, just, you just throw it, you know, and if you throw it flat, it's not going to get a lot on it. You imagine Victor
2: Ortiz has but, a detached retina right now? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> let's break down. Let's break down
0: the pizza box and how you know the correct way to throw it. You know, right. we should really do sports science on this. It's absolutely, <laughs> right?
1: yeah. They, they should bring it to ESPN. Compared to how close he was when he threw it, you
2: know, <laughs> definitely <laughs> enough trajectory to to um, split your cornea, cornea.
0: Oh, oh yeah. That was, hey, let's talk about. Uh, Organify for a second.
2: Organify.
1: Organify. Go ahead, shoot. Go
0: ahead, shoot. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a new 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 drink. I mean, it's you know, for us. You guys are trying to get in shape. Paulie's back in the gym. Pete's getting married. Nick's just young. He doesn't care yet, but oh, you'll get there, buddy. But, you know, Organify, it boosts energy, eases stress, erases belly fat. Hello, Pete. Yeah, I could yeah. use
2: that. Definitely. Yeah.
0: And you know it's e- it, you know, I know you're trying to juice, you know, not steroids, but like juice juice. <laughs> and you know it's easier than eating vegetables and juicing, you know, you, just, you right. just drink. No shopping, no juicing, no blending, no blending, no cleanup. It's the best tasting greens on the market. I've tasted it. Nick's had it. You like it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, see? It's organic, it's vegan, gluten free, dairy free, soy free, all the things you're not, Pete. I could, yeah. Yeah, Pete, you can definitely <laughs> use it. The wedding is less than two months, buddy.
2: I'm free of a lot of stuff. It's definitely not gluten.
0: All right, I don't even know how to say this, but this is a special ingredient. It's called ashwagandha. It's shown in clinical studies to lower cortisol. You know, that's a fat storage hormone. Increases energy, improves mental focus. Wow. Wow. Did you hear what I was saying? You're not focused. No, right no, now, I'm are focused. I'm right. That
2: made me focus, actually. Right. Well, tell them about the offer. Oh, the offer. Come on. Our listeners get an additional 20% off by going to www.organify.com, and of course, there's a coupon code. What is it? Paulie M. Paulie M. How home. do you spell that?
1: P-A-U-L-I-E-M. P-
2: Boom. You spell it a Y, you get nothing. Yeah, you <laughs> get, <laughs> get <laughs> zilch. Don't
1: spell it a Y, you get
2: nothing. You, you spell it, it with a Y, and, and you end up looking like me.
1: <laughs> yeah, at this point if you if you don't if you still spell my name on the y, and you haven't been yeah, obviously you haven't you're obviously pretty new to the show. You know yeah, and you know, we spell our name with I eat. That's D. right.
0: And uh you know, everybody's so on the go and always, you know, in a hurry and nobody has the time to like take care of themselves the best way they can. So this is a great thing to do to make sure you're getting the right well, nutrients in your excuse. body.
2: now I don't have any more excuses.
0: You have no more excuses. Yeah, that, that's not even Corona Light, it's corona. Um, oh, damn. Yeah, so just to, just to cover the spelling to it, it's Organifi. It's O R G A N I F I. So that's a cool name, too. I like that. Organifi.
2: It's almost like Wi Fi. Yes. Yeah, so Organifi.
0: So now we got Pete. Getting, we're going to get Pete Organified. Right. Yeah. We need t shirts for that.
2: I'm already gentrified. Now we are get me <laughs> Organifi. Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
0: all right, so you need to use the bathroom, or we can keep going. We can keep going we're so good. far.
2: We're good. Let's get to
0: um, Showtime. Showtime.
1: Fight. Can we get to the, fight? the, fight? yeah, the fights. Yeah, Showtime.
2: Paulie, take us through it.
1: You're
0: on the train. You're down, going down to DC. What's going on?
1: I'm taking the train. I took that why well, I took the train down to DC, obviously. And uh, you know, we worked the fights on Saturday. Uh, I, mean, I that's why I missed the Fox fights. I worked uh, the the super middleweight fights, uh, James DeGale, and. Uh, Chunky, what is Porky Medina?
3: Porky, Porky, <laughs> Porky
1: Medina, and then uh, I worked the Badu Jack fight versus, um, versus Lucian uh, Bute. Yeah, Lucian Butte. First of all, a good night of boxing. Good oh action. my God, great awesome. Night. Um, but if you've seen Medina fight before And, 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 and DeGayle kind of alluded to this post-fight Like, this guy's not the same guy I saw in the videos Is not the same guy Something weird about that fight I'd love to know, you know obviously I obviously can't talk about this one. I'm on the air on Showtime But in my own personal podcast i can say what the fuck I want and, nobody, and if you don't like it Don't listen Atta boy Yeah, but um, Whoa Something weird about you know the the amount of endurance Medina had and was was just kept coming and coming. Every time the Gale stopped moving, which at a certain point in the fight you're going to slow down because you know you're not you don't have, you're not born with a battery in you and you not have you don't have wheels on you you know the Gale started stopping more and more as opposed to moving more and more as the fight wore on. And based on that, based on that, every time I noticed every time I mean he was just pressure and pressure and pressure Medina was, but every time the Gale even stopped. Medina was non stop punching every time, non stop punching, not constantly. Punch. The problem I have with that is in between all of this, you're getting hit, you're getting popped, you're getting constantly, you, you know, you, you're, you're getting sent in the wrong direction, you know, it's fatiguing. Chasing down a guy who can move as smoothly as the gale is fatiguing in itself. Chasing down a guy who can move as smoothly as the gale while he's popping you around is also more fatiguing.
2: So, popping you around? He landed some vicious, yeah. vicious combinations.
1: So. so all the more reason why, as the as the fight wears on, you're you know, this is the thing about this is the beautiful thing about boxing is the quality shows itself as, as the fight wears on, and this is the problem with performance enhancing drugs is. And again, I'm hypothesizing here, I'm not trying to put it on Medina for sure, but, you know, this is what it seems to me. And this is the problem with financing drugs: is you're starting to eliminate the quality bubbling to the surface and just whoever's on the garbage is bubbling to the surface. And they're making, they're, they're not paying for their mistakes, you know, obviously they're not paying for anything that they're doing wrong anymore because now the endurance is higher than, and, and there's more in the tank, you know. And, uh... I don't know, I even remember coming up the ladder. Remember, Pete, we used to talk about some of the sparring sessions in the gym and it's like, guys that were really rough in there. And I, and I remember thinking, like, you know, like, you just hang in there and you, and you keep boxing them the way you're boxing them. And they're making it tough. You keep boxing them the way you're boxing them. And then, like, suddenly just, there comes a point in the middle rounds where they just collapse. They just crumble because they've been working way too hard to get to you. And even if they've been giving you some problems, the eventual – over-the-top effort that they've been putting will eventually collapse them and your quality when you haven't been burning as much energy will take over more and more as the fight progresses in this fight it was different though the quality of the gale obviously you know he's going to be fatigued but Medina is fatigued at all whereas Medina should have been getting fatigued maybe even more fatigued and it has all going to do with who's in better shape or whatnot because you can only be in such good shape at a certain point at your queen. you know what i mean so so I don't know, it was just, I, I, I had to put it out there that it was, a bit, it was a bit strange to me. Now having said that, James does complicate the fight for himself. I do think James fundamentally um, could be a little bit better. James is confusing to a guy who tries to time you. This is, here's, here's the thing about boxing, this particular style James DeGale has. He's an athletic mover, a guy who can punch out of both stances, fight out of both stances. Those awkward punches, a lot of from weird angles. Those are the things that bother a guy who's trying to time you. If you're, trying, if you're a guy who's trying to time James DeGale, he's a nightmare because he's, he's, he's switching up the tempo on you so much. For a guy like Medina, who's going to fight the same what, no matter if he's fighting a righty, no matter if he's fighting a lefty, no matter if he's fighting uh, James DeGale, no matter if he's fighting Golovkin, no matter if he's fighting Peter Cards, he's going to fight the same no matter what. <laughs> he's, he's one-track-minded. A guy like that, you beat him with fundamentals. You're not gonna, you, don't have to, you don't need the trickery because he doesn't care about the trickery. He's not trying to time you anyway. So you're not, you're not going to throw off his rhythm with the trickery. So I would have liked to see DeGale maybe lead more with jabs, little feints, just little fundamental things instead of, you know, the lead uppercuts, the, which was spectacular. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he did some spectacular stuff. But also, it was there another reason why the fight ended up being close because Medina, who never got tired, obviously, and, and you're throwing, and, and as DeGale, you're throwing these punches from weird angles. What happens if you throw punches from weird angles? You know, your balance has to be reset after you throw them. So in the moment you have to reset your balance. You know, you, you know, you're tiring a little bit. You're tiring a little bit, as opposed to simple jab, simple feints, simple simple combinations like 1-2s and 1-2-3s and 1-2-1s, that's how you beat a guy like Medina. And, and you keep on your balance all time. You never need to reset. You just switch in, you just switch in and, and you smother. Another thing that Gale doesn't do, he doesn't, he doesn't smother. He doesn't smother and he should Sometimes on the ropes, he would make Medina miss about seven, eight punches in a row. Medina would keep throwing. He would throw like another seven body shots on top of the seven, eight punches in a row that he missed. I mean, Medina was just a punching machine. He just didn't stop. And so... If a guy is like that, also the way you stop him is you clinch. You know, you you step in, smaller stepping out when you're making miss, and you smother. You know, you smother him, and he's got to he's got to restart. He's got to reset. The referee you force a break. You know, and and James has to learn to do that a little bit more. I, that's that was another thing about it because every reset you you have goes back to the middle of the ring, and every reset favors a more athletically gifted fighter, and that would be James DeGale in that fight.
2: Absolutely, I I, I can't disagree with you on anything you just said. It's it's a hundred percent. Um. Yeah, and, and listen, they're talking about uh, people thought that the judges had it off. Listen, I don't, I'm don't. i sorry, James DeGale won the fight. <clears throat> it was very competitive. What does that mean? He still won the fight. He's landing vicious combinations. You know how many of, of Medina's punches were off the gloves and off the shoulders and off the elbows? And and DeGale's were clean, clean shots. I mean, the guy—how many uppercuts was DeGale landing with both hands?
1: Yeah, no, he was like He was he uh, was from different angles, working off different angles, working on different. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a beautiful. He was he was boxing beautifully, but I just think, like I said, he made the fight a bit more complicated for himself.
2: Absolutely, no. There's ways to simplify it, and like you always said, keep it simple, stupid. You know, sometimes the easiest things, fundamentally, fundamentally, and and technically. Can just cool a guy down and not give him any sort of confidence. He allowed he allowed Medina to get confident by by sitting on the ropes and you know if you are letting a guy tee off on you even if he's missing he's gonna keep trying especially somebody that uh you know with the uh, speculations keyword yeah um but and listen Medina's tough he came you know he tried
1: hard but he came he saw he tried to conquer right exactly came up a little short. I want another thing with Lucian Butte and Badu Jack. Now, getting some tweets that some people did think they had, they thought Lucian could have won and it wasn't as far-fetched a decision as they could have been. Dude, I don't know. I mean, listen, I watched the fight. Badu is more composed. He's blocking more shots on the inside. He's landing cleaner on the inside. I don't care that the gale uh, that Boutte is, is, is getting off some shots especially late in the fight he got off enough shots where I give him the rounds but if you're not getting you, you, if, if you're not landing the cleaner shots you gotta get off a lot more shots you know what I'm saying kind of like I did in the Adrian Broner fight I got off a lot more shots than Adrian you know like Bute wasn't getting off enough to, to compare to what Badu was doing until the late rounds where Bute was getting off plenty more and it, and it was obviously making a difference regardless of what Badu's positioning you know what I'm saying like for, yeah. me, like, for me, when you start not knowing how to judge boxing, you start throwing these little intangibles in there, you bring the retardation out of it. You know what I mean? Because now you're, you're, making, you're skewing something that's very simple. You're skewing something that's very easy to fucking see. Okay? And, and you're making not only are you becoming stupider by skewing it, you're making other people stupider by reading your tweets and reading your opinion on it. Bobby Jack won the fight, guys. There's no fucking if and no buts about it. Bobby Jack won the fight. It was actually a pretty easy fight to score. Badu had the better positioning, he was more accurate inside, he was sidestepping, you also got to give credit for the little things in boxing, the things maybe a lot of people don't understand. The way Badu was sidestepping and changing position, every time they were inside, Badu was in the better position, every time. He knew how to be in the better position, he would take a little step this way, or a little step to the other side, or a little step back to create his own punching space, every... Badu commanded the positioning of where the fight was. Even when they were inside, he commanded the positioning of how the fight was fought on the inside. So there, there is no way you're going to tell me Bouquet was doing enough in the early rounds to get any rounds at all. There's no way, because hey. even the little intangibles, which actually matter, not the intangibles that don't matter, the intangibles that actually matter, Badu had the advantage.
0: Hey, Paulie, I'm looking at the final punch that report. I mean... Badu Jack landed 278 punches.
1: Forget about the, Seth, forget about the punch stats because that's that's Nintendo. I don't want to hear about the punch <laughs> stats. That's Nintendo. I, I don't I don't believe in punch stats. if a guy playing Nintendo. I believe in my, um, what my eyes see. Right, I no, no th- Because punch stats aren't any kind of stat at all. It's just a guy playing Nintendo, pressing buttons when he thinks a punch lands and when it doesn't. That's all it is. There's a guy sitting ringside. There's absolutely no fact to it. Fact based anything on punch stats it doesn't tell you how clean any shots landed. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't even tell you if the punch landed or not. just it, that guy's opinion of whether a punch landed. I understand, but you, even. So
0: like a hundred punch difference and out and every round. I mean, how could it be a draw? It's kind of yeah. crazy.
1: No, of course, of course. But I don't. I, I go by what my eyes tell me and what I watch, and I and I, I know I understand what I'm watching, and then from that perspective, I uh I felt uh, pretty comfortable with, with uh Badu winning and Fabio winning clearly. And then props also, to you,
0: props to you, Paulie, for saying you know backing up what Floyd said about the judges because you were 100 percent right. right.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you, you, enough. Enough. You, there, there should be no second chances for judges like that. I mean, first of all, if you think Boucher won the fight or had a drill... There's a reason why you're not a judge. You, you shouldn't be a judge. And anybody, and any judge that had to fight a drawer or or, or Butte Wing shouldn't be a judge either. That's it. It's very simple. Either you're corrupt or you're too stupid. One, well, both for both reasons, you're out. <laughs> it's like it's like Robert De Niro says in Casino. Either he was too, he was either he was in on it or he was too stupid. Either way, I cannot have a guy like that working for me in my casino.
2: <laughs> That's right. You know what? I'll be honest with you. When you watch the fight. Somebody hit me on Twitter That's and cool
1: said, Niro, you know, all you got for me, right? Getting <coughs> get me
2: That was great. You finally
1: out of your mind? Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's,
1: <laughs> unbelievable. yeah. That's
2: unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. So, listen. You watch it, right? Somebody hit me on Twitter and says, "Oh, a great a great night of fights. Too bad the judges ruined that." um they sure did the Butte fight. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the Degale the fight. They got that wrong. I said, if they got that wrong, what about the Butte fight? <laughs> <They're> right? <laughs> it couldn't be any more wrong than that. But when you look at it, I mean, you know, you could speak on this more than anybody. There's times in a fight where you have to make adjustments. To me, I felt like Butte got a late start and had to warm up and get the, you know, the the blood flowing or whatever. And you know, it, it was a little too too late for me, and and that's why he lost clearly. But even as far as making adjustments, he would pivot to his left. It got to the point where Badu Jack literally could throw a right hand with his eyes closed and you knew that the guy was going to be there for it. There was no adjustments defensively to get away from that.
1: Yeah, you know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, he was stepping over to his left as opposed to his right, which obviously made things difficult for himself on the inside. I mean, that's what I was talking about, Badu bossing the inside. Because sometimes, you know, obviously it's not always about moving to the right or to the left with a southpaw as much as people think, or with a right-hander with a southpaw as much as people think. But on the inside, as I said earlier, all the fundamentals count, including your foot being on the outside. Because I, I firmly don't believe you always move to, the, to, to your own left against a left-hander, and, and a left-hander should move to right against you uh, on the outside. But on the inside, I do believe that. You know? so, so the thing about Butte was on the inside, he was, a lot of times you stepping around the wrong way, but that's what I was talking about before also, was that Baudu commanded the positioning on the inside. Badu, I don't know if you can see it on television. Baddu was making these little sidesteps, these little moves. Sometimes it will just be a sidestep. Sometimes it will be a pivot. Sometimes it will be a sidestep and a pivot. You know, just enough to be in command of the positioning inside every time. I mean, it was actually a thing of beauty to watch. I it was, I, I could really appreciate it as a fighter myself. But it's, it's a small intangible that you really that makes that goes a long way in making a difference in the exchanges. And he was doing it so fluidly because sometimes you do those that, those kind of little moves and pivots and you go off balance, or you, maybe you make a too big of a step, or you are or just not set the punch after you make the move. Badu was making these little moves on the inside and, and staying composed enough and tight enough to where he was right on balance after the move would be made. He was able to take away the punch position of Butey. Bute might have been punching. and And... and maximize his own punch positioning so that he could land the better shots, you know? And it was really a thing of beauty to watch. And, um, you know, obviously, yeah, a, a lot of times it forced Boutet to turn the wrong way because, you know, Badu would have occupied the correct space he wanted. So Boutet now, well, he's got no other choice. What he should have been doing is leaving the pocket. Instead of leaving the pocket, though, he would end up turning the wrong way, you know? And, um, you know, that obviously didn't, uh, didn't help his cause either, a lot of those inside exchanges. You know, Boutet tried, and, and here's the thing. When Boutté's punch-up started making a difference late in the fight was because Badu had fatigued enough to not let the to not be doing these little important things. You know, now he started, I wouldn't say slacking on them because he was tired, but because of the fatigue, he started slacking on those little things. And now Boutté was able to take control with just the effort alone.
2: Right, yeah, of course. Uh, Boutté obviously, the more um, experienced guy, crafty, you know, been through that uh, a million times over and it's not the same for Badu so he, i mean i feel like Badu Jack has really really improved and it was it was nice to see saturday those little things that you're talking about um, you guys
0: think they'll bypass and hopefully they won't have a rematch and he can go right to fighting de Gail?
2: well I like to see that that should yeah that should happen fight. what do uh, you think and paul
0: you were there Paulie. so you know how do you break down a potential jack uh de fight
1: well i got to say i'm more excited about it now than i was before the weekend Right. I, I, I as, as improved as Badu Jack has been, going into the weekend, I thought DeGale would definitely uh, be the one to win the fight. At. Not that I'm saying I have changed my mind. I don't know. Um, I still probably favored DeGale slightly, but he's he, this, the, the favoring of James is not it, for me. It's not as as easy as I might have thought it could have been. You know, like not that it would have been easy because Badu is, is, is a handful of deal with. But I thought DeGale had too many dimensions to him to his style for Badu. Uh, prior to the weekend, and uh, and you know and, and it, it, that might still very well be the case, but um you know I, I thought Badu handled even Butte in a, in, a, in in better fashion, and possibly that's because Bigel you know punched, punched the last uh, big effort out of Butte out of him in November. Who knows? But I, I, I overall, if you're gonna tell me my, what I think of the fight, I, I'm more excited about it. Now than I was before the weekend. You know, knowing these guys were going to fight anyway before the weekend started. Yeah, it was nice. It was going to be cool, but I wasn't as excited. Obviously, always excited about unification fights. But now that after this past weekend, I haven't seen them both fight. I'm actually more excited about the fight.
2: Yeah, I think it's a great fight. And yeah, that's a good point. You know, he went from like a three to one to a two to one favorite. But yeah. um,
1: not maybe even less than that.
2: Yeah, maybe. I still pick DeGale. I just think he has too many. Weapons in his arsenal. I think it's a little too much for Badu, but it will be exciting. It will be a great fight, and it's something that should definitely happen. Unification should always happen. The best should fight the best, and that's how you get the the pound for pound guy in that class. You know, um, definitely gonna be exciting. I'm looking forward to that one. And that leads us to this Saturday. This Saturday, boom.
1: What's this Saturday? This Saturday. <laughs>
2: Canelo. I'm working
1: it for the Brits. All the Brits out there, guys. I am working on BBC Radio this Saturday. So listen to 5 Live. Listen to the match on 5 Live, BBC Radio, Saturday. Canelo versus Khan. I will be on the call, most likely with Mike Costello, my my partner in crime. He's, he's usually my partner in crime for the BBC 5 Live shows, uh, 5 Live radio uh, broadcast. I go to Vegas on Thursday, so... Be tuned in even on Friday at the weigh and whatnot. I'll probably uh, you know be covering the fight, be covering the weigh and whatnot on Five Live, and uh, of course Fight Night. You know, tune in. You know, I know you guys obviously want to watch the fight, but maybe watch the fight and hear us call the fight instead. You know, put the volume down on your TV and uh, tune to put on Five Live on the radio and uh, watch the fight with us calling it. You, you'll enjoy it. It's a
3: 155 pound championship.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Canelo weight, right? Canelo can weight.
3: Is? That's what they've been calling on social media.
2: It's Canelo's belt. <laughs> <laughs> His own version. Title.
1: So, are uh, you guys yeah, watching? I, I do hope eventually the middleweight title does, does get contested at 160 pounds again. I mean, because that's that's actually the weight class that it is. It's, it's a you know, that. I. You know what's crazy? We always
2: criticize. Uh, I mean, obviously Jim Lampley, Max Kellerman, because they're you know, when it comes to blowing the the star on the show, they they really have no shame in doing so. They do a good job. Yeah, they're phenomenal. <laughs> you would think they had no teeth and they were giving gummies out, <laughs> but um. I saw something on social media. Roy Jones called out Canelo in a sense like, bro, stop demanding certain weights. Like, if you don't want to fight the guy, say, listen, I'm not ready to fight the guy. But trying to make him come down, you know, five pounds from where the where the belt belongs is is horrible. Okay. I was happy to see Roy do that.
0: It shouldn't even be allowed in the sport.
2: Right. Well, that's. Uh, you're
0: 60. You're 60. You're your buddy Pacquiao. You can come in any way you want to come in at. Uh, Pacquiao's want one start
2: started that? Well, Floyd did, too.
0: Well, Leonard did it too, like I said before. Sugar Ray had Lalonde come down to sixty-eight from seventy-five, back in the day. That's like twenty years ago, twenty-five years ago. Sure. sure. So yeah, you know, and Paul, you've made that point several times. Like you know, if the weight is what it is, if you can, all can come in any way he wants, under sixty or under. Right. Doesn't mean yeah. you have to make other people do it. That's
1: the thing. The, the the business also dictates these kind of moves. You know, if people buy into it, you know, then then it's going to keep getting done. You know, and you know, you're not you're not gonna boycott the fight. And if people know you'll buy it, if these people know you'll buy it into the fight, then they'll keep doing it. It's just like Chavez Jr. You know, you're sick of him making way, not making way. You're sick of him not giving, not training for these fights and whatnot. But you still keep buying the fight, right? You still keep going to the fight. The guy's still selling 10, 15,000 tickets when he fights, right? So, I mean, it's a good point. You're you're going for punishment. If that that's the case, but, you know you're uh, going to keep getting that. You're going to give these people no other reason to change their habits, you know. And so Canelo and Canelo weight, you know. I mean, it's a situation where you have a very good fighter who probably isn't a middleweight. He's managed to win the middleweight title. And now, uh, you know, you have this uh, situation where it's a a real middleweight can never fight for it because I, I I don't really believe there's a middleweight in the world that can make 155 pounds. I mean, if you can make 155 pounds, you'd be fighting a junior middleweight. You wouldn't be fighting that middleweight, you know. It's right. like myself. I mean, if I had to fight a fighter fight at 142 pounds, I could no longer make it. I was already, I to the 140-pound division because I couldn't make weight anymore, you know? So, you know, if somebody's trying to, at 147 pounds, somebody's trying to give me a catch weight of 42, 43, like, there's no, no shot. You got no shot. I can't make the weight. no matter what, I, Even if I want to, as bad as I would want to, my body just won't get there, you know? So, you know, that's the problem with 155 pounds. I really don't see any middleweights being able to make that weight. So Canelo will constantly be defending the middleweight title against non-middleweights. That's, or, why probably, that's why the, the, the point you made at the top of the show, Pete, with you know, Canelo and Floyd is probably the best option for this. Yeah, you know, you're right. That's bad because Floyd can beat Canelo uh, if he beats him again, then retire, and the middleweight title becomes vacant, and then maybe a real middleweight can win it. You know, well, what well, that's
2: that's what I'm here for. You know, I bring up the good points like that. Oh, uh, Canelo, Floyd? <laughs> yeah.
1: That wasn't. Not only are you a good guy, P, but you're a gentleman and a scholar. That, that was me. I was a gentleman and scholar. You guys are, I was a gentleman and
0: scholar. You're killing me, Paulie. It's something crazy. It's something crazy. I
1: mean, I don't
0: know. Uh, but, you know, but what if they throw 20 million in Triple G's face? Is he gonna try to suck that five pounds? Maybe, but like you said, maybe he can't even do it if he wanted to. Pause. No use. Seth. I don't know.
2: But he's yeah, gonna I try. His best. if he
1: threw 20 million in my face, I don't think I can make on. I can't make 142 pounds, dude. I can't do it. Like, I'll die making 142 pounds, you know? So, I don't know. Maybe Golovkin has an easier time making the middleweight limit. Um, I don't know. I, 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 but, you know, there's a reason guys fight at these weights. If you, if you can make 155, odds are you can make 154, in which case you became panning campaigning at junior middleweight, you know? So, well,
2: that's where he started. So, I guess... Yeah. You know, he
1: started a Volta, man, because, uh, because he fought Jose welter. Oh, right. But he was a kid still. You know, at that time, you can't really count the teenage years. And no, no, no,
2: no, 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 I'm talking about Triple G.
1: Oh, oh, Triple G, yeah.
2: Triple yeah. G started at 154. So, yeah. the yeah. fact it's that he's at goal 160 goal. now
1: yeah.
2: I think he he pro- he's probably one of the rare cases that can make 155, especially that he was throwing it out there for Floyd. So, you know, you can't use the excuse that you can't make the weight now because you would have been able to make it for Floyd. So, um, but yeah, either way, this this is all like a moot point, a moot conversation. You know, it's a 160-pound title. It should be four to 160 pounds. But, you know, Triple G on record did say he would go down to 155 for Mayweather. And, and uh,
0: Canelo would be big money too, so he'd have to consider it for right. that as well. Right,
1: so he can't make 55. So That's Triple G can make 155 for Mayweather, and he can make 68 for any, any super middleweight except Ward.
0: Right. Yes, correct. <laughs> Interesting. interesting. That's uh, a, so you guys, you guys give—that's
1: give, called, called putting your foot in your mouth when you when you talk. Absolutely. You know and I You know, and, you know, you, you, and triple is honestly a great fighter, but you know, maybe the maybe the quotes should be left uh, out of Abel Sanchez and Lofton's mouth. Obviously, if that's what they're saying, you know. Right.
0: You guys give Khan zero chance to win on Saturday. Is that correct? Negative. Mm-hmm. Negative yeah, I
1: zero. Do, I can't <laughs> see him going all four rounds without uh, <laughs> by avoiding all the blitzes. I mean, you know, I can see him having good spots. But as soon as uh, you know, he runs into a tough point, I don't. See I could can see him starting off the
2: fight. Well, good. let's all right. So let's do let's do this for fun, right? Um, the over and under is nine and a half. I'm going with the under. That's just me.
0: It seems to make sense. Let's
2: let's try to make an actual prediction. We all we all feel Canelo's gonna like kill him eventually. Yeah. I say, I say he stops him in four.
3: Four? Yep. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think four. <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't. know about I don't four. Let me see the fight going past six. I can see. Okay, so six. Yeah, I, 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 that's the most. I mean, right I right. see. It All right, pick a round. I said four. Uh, I'll say. No, I'll say six.
2: Six. I'm going with eight. Eight. Yeah. He's cutting
3: it close.
0: Nicky.
2: I think Khan's gonna look good in the
3: beginning, and then I think just Canelo's just gonna wear him down at the I end. Don't,
1: I don't think. I don't think Amir's gonna look good, but I think he'll have some mild success in the beginning. I, I, looking good is a. I, I think a bit of an overstatement because I think Canelo, is. You got to keep in mind Canelo has trouble with this kind of style but Canelo also knows that for the next for the past 10 weeks he's been training for a mover like like there's no surprise in the way Con- Amir Khan's gonna fight Canelo and I'm sure Canelo and his team know this too so I'm sure they've been preparing for jabbers and movers and whatnot and
0: he fought Floyd so he's been in there with some speed and some uh, quickness right well yeah, yeah.
1: Floyd and Khan are two different kind of fighters so of course
0: but they have you know, speed they both have that yeah. hand speed yeah
1: there's speed is, uh, but it's Conn doesn't have the timing Floyd has. That's the thing. I mean, Floyd Floyd changes the look defensively. Here's the thing with Conn. Conn has no understanding of controlling the pace. He always let the pace get away from him too much. He let the pace get away from him in the Peterson fight. He let the pace get away from him in the Maidana fight. And then he ends up having a hold trying to, you know, conserve energy, conserve the lead he's built up because he's too tired. He doesn't know how to clinch the right way. He doesn't know how to go for a walk to the left or to the right just to, you know, maybe use a little feint and step around instead of, you know, uh, engaging every time you're, you're questioning what to do. He's engaging. You now there's times when you're questioning what to do in a fight, and you don't always have to engage in those times. You can question what you're doing. Let me feint and take a step here. Let me feint and take a step here. Let me punch here. Let me, let me, uh, let me get defensive and smother against the ropes here. Let me grab a clinch and then go back and reset to the middle of the ring. These are things that control the pace for you. You know, uh, Amir never understands how to control the pace, and he lets the pace get away from him. And if you let the pace get away from you in the Canelo fight and without understanding that you can win rounds at a slower pace, he's going to let it get away from him. There's, no, there's going to be no, no, no way out for him. You know, there's going to be no way out for him. And uh, once Canelo catches up, it's over, you know? And that's the thing. Amir never shows that he can, he can slow down the pace. He's jabbing, he's punching, he's jabbing, he's punching, he's moving, he's jabbing, he's punching. It's all energy-burning stuff. You know, yeah. and and uh, you know, it, it, you're not gonna last that way, especially against a uh, bigger man.
2: It's called uh, clock management. I'm going three rounds. Three rounds. Oh, yeah. wow. so Seth, Seth wow. has the the, the it, quickest. If fight. Hagler can
0: knock Hearns out in three rounds, Canelo can take out Con in three. All right. Okay, All right, that's All what right. I'm saying. And on the undercard, I'm noticing a fighter named Diego De La Hoya. Is there any re- is, there, is that a relation? The un-
1: That's Oscar. That's Oscar's. Uh, that's
2: Oscar's uh, cousin. Rescue. Nephew nephew. nephew. nephew, nephew cousin, yeah. Nephew,
3: dad, yeah. The, the Undercard's actually really good. Yeah, we were talking
2: about that right before we started. Yeah. Uh,
3: Curtis Stevens opens up the pay view Curtis pay-per-view. Stevens
2: opens up the pay-per-view against an undefeated. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I
3: think his name is Patrick Teixeira. Teixeira yes. Yeah. And then He's uh, on the mark to Yes. Patrick
1: Teixeira?
3: Yes. 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 From Brazil, no I think.
1: Relation to the Yankees player? No relation to the UFC fighter.
2: Well, if he's any relation to the Yankees player, uh, then Curtis has a chance of him choking. Very, oh. very. Ouch. Or well, getting injured. Curtis just got to hit him US with one card? shot, then.
1: Is he related to Glover? No clue. No,
3: nothing. He just Seth, is Seth
1: you got to get on that, buddy.
3: Okay. <laughs> and then you got Frankie Gomez fighting Mauricio Herrera. That's going to be a good That's going to be it. That might be fight of the night, I think. Gomez, yeah. Gomez and free Herrera. And
1: then Glenn Tapia. Our boy, Glenn Tapia. Oh, boy, Our boy, Glenn Lemieux. fighting Lemieux. Lemieux. Boom.
0: Yeah, he's from Brazil. He's not related really to anybody. No? Glenn Tapia
1: fighting David Lemieux. Boom.
0: Boom.
2: That's a big one. That's a huge yeah. one. That's listen, a cool this is, feature. This is big for Glenn Tapia. This is uh Make a break, break basically. Big time, because I mean, listen, we all know Lemucka Punch, right? uh, Glenn has to really, really come with his A game and and, and pull off a, a game plan. And uh you know, it also he's also move up moving up in weight for this. Yeah, he's this going is, from fifty four to sixty. Yeah, the fight's at sixty, right,
3: Seth? Correct. So yeah, Glenn's going up in weight.
0: Yep, yeah, and we got uh what, Mauricio Herrera versus Frankie Gomez, Walter yeah. Waits.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's a good. That's a nice little fight. Freddie Roach saying he's, Frankie Gomez has never been more ready. Of course, you know we all know Frank. Uh, Freddie knows how to sell a fight, so we'll <laughs> see. Uh, uh, Frankie uh is is ready. You know, he's he's got to live up to his hype eventually. Frankie's always been a pretty good uh you know talent with a lot of power. Hopefully, you know we'll we'll see some of that talent. But Herrera, I'll tell you, he's he's a good spoiler and he's a good fighter, and uh, I, I like that fight. That's probably my that might be my favorite fight on the card. Yeah, nah, I'm not really crazy about the main event. I'll be honest. <laughs> I hear
0: You're you. Not. We got no. some other big main events coming up, like in a couple of weeks. Got Povetkin versus Wilder. I think it'll be a good fight. Absolutely, that's a good fight. Uh, and then you got Klitschko Fu- Fury in July. I
3: can't wait for that. <laughs> that's That'll be interesting. W- that's like almost a week after your wedding, buddy. Yeah. It Are you
2: even gonna be here? Oh wow. I think I'll be on the honeymoon. Oh Where you going? where's
1: your honeymoon? Aruba. Aruba.
2: You can maybe be making babies in Aruba? <laughs> okay. Hey, don't you have to set up my bachelor party,
1: you fuck? We're working on it. We're working on it. Right. We're working on it. Seth
2: is coming, uh, he said. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna comic from a laugh.
1: Didn't you say you wanted to do some kind of
0: a flyer? What did you why
1: don't you get into this? Why don't you get into this?
2: Well, I think being that it's gonna be like a national holiday for pimps and and uh, around okay. the world.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like
2: it's like retiring my jersey, you know. Oh boy, I yeah. think we should promote it, and uh, even if some of our listeners would like to maybe come and uh, say hello,
3: sell tickets, you know. That'll be a cool
2: idea. Li- that's a cool idea. We'll make up a flyer and. Uh, Come party with the kids. What, you know? what are we
1: gonna call it? Come, uh, come see Peter. Uh, Peter Cod's retirement uh, of uh, his pimp game.
2: Uh it's called Pimp Down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Like, like, uh, like Cat, like Cat Williams?
2: Right. Is she taking your name?
0: Or are you taking her name? <laughs> you got a
2: better shot of hitting lot Lotto, kid.
0: The ding ding Alright I think uh Did you guys Something else you guys Wanted to talk about You said earlier um, Oh
3: Leicester City Pauly yeah, There you go
1: Leicester City was uh, Just an incredible story Peter Clark's obviously He doesn't want to understand it. Here's the thing about Leicester City That I, I saw A little highlight Of the other day 5,000 to 1 odds At the beginning of the season To win The Premier League You understand that
2: Ludicrous
3: Pete oh, you okay. should have yeah. Put money on that well, Yeah. Let me
1: tell you something one odds, Who's 5, giving him that 5,000 to 1 odds You know what You know what else Is 5,000 to 1 odds on? What? The odds that Christmas will be the warmest day of the year. Wow. Wow. The yeah. So, the, odds that, the same odds that Christmas will be the warmest day of the year, that's what Leicester City had at the beginning of the season. So, so you know when you say you got a better shot at this, you got a better shot at that? You had the same shot as Christmas being the warmest day of the year as you did as Leicester City winning the Premier League title.
2: I got, one, I got a good one for you, too. Gaby the Gambler told me. What do you say? The Philadelphia 76ers were by far less of an underdog than Leicester City. Yeah, I think they were wow. four,
3: they were 401 to, to win the yeah. finals. 400 yeah. And this te- Leicester team was 5,000 000 to, 000 to one. 1. That's ridiculous. what
0: were they got like guys missing limbs playing for them? I don't know. Not 5,000 to 1 I don't in
3: anything.
2: Know. As as how many teams are even in it? <laughs> well, put it to you this way. They're like the Chicago Cubs, uh, you know, haven't won it wanted in forever. 1908. Or whatever, yeah. Right? But, you know, you got to think about the Cubs when they weren't good. Like, they're very competitive now. Right. So just think about the Cubs coming out of nowhere and winning the World Series.
0: Oh, yeah. They compared it to Buster Douglas, even though he was only 42 to 1. 42 to 1. Yeah. Yeah, no shot. Dude,
1: that's like, that's like a guy that never put on boxing gloves winning the heavyweight title. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like,
0: that's like Peter knocking out Wilder.
1: I think will get better on. I think
0: so. He's still got some. He still got some
2: lateral movement. I don't have much <laughs> movement. Um, I reach for oh. beer. No, it's crazy. It's it's impressive, man. I'm I'm happy for them. Just think about the the poor fucks from you know from that area. That uh, you know, you go your whole life without watching your team win or even compete for that matter. Now they, you know, they won. No, was like, yeah, it's, like the, it's like the it's like the
0: nineteen eighty hockey team, right? U.S. hockey team. They were like had no shot, right?
2: Yeah, but
0: still, even
1: that wasn't five thousand one. Right, so no, not. dude, not nothing even... is five thousand one. Nothing is five thousand one. Dude, you got a five thousand one is like me going into the U.S. Open and winning it.
0: Golf or tennis? Tenni- golf or tennis?
1: Both. Anything, anything. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? I, I would. I think you could do it. I got no shot, actually. No, dude, you're a good it's athlete. It's crazy. You're professional.
2: Good um, for that, man. I'm happy for them. Hopefully, there's a guy that's 80 years old and watched them lose his whole life, and uh, you know was able to watch them win because that's something special. Clap for them! Absolutely, absolutely, very impressive. Mazel tough as us, us people uh, say. I am now. <laughs> Word. All
1: right, we're wrapping so what up. What
2: do you think? Uh, so, how's um uh, how's Close Florida you since you got back?
1: Or was in high tell I actually worked out this morning. You know, I've been I on the boxing news. I'm on the. I'm on the mandatory for the EBU title. Uh, you're Leonard Bundo has European Championship, European worldplay Championship. So I'm i uh, I'm a guy that uh, you know, I'm considering it to see if, uh, And here's the reason I'm considering, obviously, I've always wanted to be the European champion, but I also feel like the European champion always gets a shot at a big fight afterwards. So I feel like they're not letting me get a big shot at anything. So I feel like maybe. If I can beat Bundo and look good, which is hard to do, beat Bundo and look good. I mean, he's a guy that even if you beat him, he doesn't let you look good. And he's a spoiler kind of a guy. He turns lefty and righty constantly. Solid body puncher, a bit of an underrated guy with a great chin. Um, if I can beat him and beat him convincingly, I can maybe um, you know make my way for uh, one more big fight. So I'm considering taking this fight. I'm trying to work out the details. And uh, I started working out. I was working on a Fifth Street Gym. Shout out to Dino from the Fifth Street Gym. Shout out to Donato from the Fifth Street Gym. How's Dad, Adriana think, Lima? Everybody. Adriana Lima is actually in New York. So if you run into her, let me know. Uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. will.
2: Hopefully, yeah, you will.
1: Know. Tell her I said what's up. Mm-hmm.
2: Why don't you put her on
0: a Bring It podcast?
2: That would be yeah. great.
1: Uh, what, 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 that's what Peter Carr is up there for, guys. I mean, he, she's in New York. I mean, it's up to Peter to find her. Come on,
2: Pete. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go stand on Sixth Avenue and just hope that she walks by.
1: It's possible. Yeah, so that's uh that's the thing with uh with that. So I'm I'm trying to see I'm, I'm trying to see if uh, if, it, if this is worth doing, and uh you know if I can make the weight. I'm trying to drop weight. I actually sparred this morning. I sparred seven rounds this morning, believe it nice. or not. Nice. Yeah, in in the thousands of degrees heat in this gym. Death, death. But oh. uh, I like to, I I don't like to, I don't I'm not the kind of guy that likes to start training just working his way back in. I like to see how bad I'm in shape, and then that way. When it's thrown right in my face, like when you try to spa like that, I and mean, you're, you're just in horrible shape, and then you 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 know you kind of realize, okay, this is what I got to work on, you know, like I gotta. This is how I felt today. I felt like tired, and so you know we, we want to avoid this again. So let's get to work, you know. Right. You, know, you kind of sets the tempo, kind of gets the engine going, you know. Absolutely. That, weird, gets the but, juices but, flowing. Yeah. So that's uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that 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 flows out and. You know the, the ultimate goal would be. I would like. I would still like an Adrian Broner rematch. Um, it's not. I haven't really gotten a lot of attention about it aside from social media my great fans and the great people on social media. You know they've gotten. They've retweeted a lot. They favored a lot of, of me requesting the rematch with Adrian Broner. But from a business perspective, nobody has even uh, taken. Well, that God
2: forbid, God forbid they would ever take the fans' uh, perspective into well, account. I mean,
1: it's a fight the sell, the fight. The first fight was the most, the highest rated. Showtime boxing event in 2013. It's a fight that's going to sell. And uh, in all re- in all honesty, if I'm uh, if I'm going to be honest, P V C needs all the ratings they can get, and um, vs. Bruna would definitely bring a lot of those ratings to the table. So yeah, live, live
0: from prison, Showtime championship <laughs> boxing.
1: Yeah, of course Yeah, can you
2: fight him on D Block? That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. No.
1: Yeah, D Block. Like right? with uh with uh, who was on D Block? Who used to rap about D Block?
2: <laughs> um, was? that's Stallone Styles. Movie, right? Styles Huh? Styles P and uh, and Jada. Yeah, Jada used to always
1: say D block. Yep. Huh? That's deal. I mean, what do you guys think?
2: Huh? Uh, listen. Uh, you don't have to sell me on it. I was there with the whole build up. I was there when you fought them uh, You know, we we all know. We saw the numbers that uh, Showtime received as far as their ratings, and you know, it's a no brainer to me. But. I think uh,
0: you, Adrian, and your side piece you guys should have a reality show. You guys should all live together.
2: Oh, that'll
1: no, sure. I mean. you know, be fucking great. The, thing, the best part about the whole thing is that there's still people Come visit, that was my girl. Oh, what a fucking. Wow, name, that's man. fucking Joe. You know. one day, You know what we should have one day? One day I should bring in the, the old phones and I should read out loud the texts I got after they even brought the a fight. That'd be great. I should read out loud and we don't laugh about them. The texts I got from her for a year, for almost a year straight, I got them, by the way. Oh, uh, pretty well. Maybe we'll, we'll if we're gonna do some comedy on the show. That's what's one option to do. Yeah, we are going we, say, have, we run out of material,
2: we saved the last ten but minutes is, for comedy. Is that is that done? Is that done broad still alive? Is she around? What I don't don't know. Is? You're asking me. Yeah, no, I, nobody knows. Who knows?
0: I googled side piece. I didn't see her
2: though. <laughs> <fucking> find her.
1: <laughs> you googled fucking desperate whore, and nothing came what up. What, huh? You know what the shame of it is? Like the shame of it is. I've had like serious girlfriends that probably deserve to. You know, have gotten press off dating me that when you Google Poli Malanji and girlfriends, she comes up. And says, <laughs> oh, I'm to do that right <laughs> now. Like, I don't have like serious girlfriends that like, you know, like fucking, they actually could say they dated me. They probably deserve more press than, than that chick. You know, it was crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I had a, I had a really good chick, you know. Um, my first girlfriend, Francesca, was a really good chick. She was and in the docu-
2: in your documentary.
1: Yeah, it was in my documentary. The girl I was dating in my documentary was a, you know, a really good chick and she obviously deserved a a, a lot of praise. And then my ex girlfriend, Carol Cash was actually a trainer on the biggest loser. She one? was actually on national television, she was a a, a fitness trainer, you know. Uh obviously that the relationship didn't end too well as well, but obviously at the end of the day these are people who actually dated me and like, you know, you figure you'd Google my name, you'd you you at least get the right people, but it's that's that's the that's how the media works, guys. You know, and that's uh,
2: yeah, the media works uh, wonderful. We uh, always, actually,
1: we can always regurgitate the side piece just for the sake of the promotion. I mean, that's I don't I don't see a problem with that. But you know, I, I don't I don't I don't uh, barring if we can stop the stalking from happening this time around, you know? Right. I, I one thing I will say, it did add to the the drama of the promotion, and I, I would say probably part of that was part of the reason that we got such high ratings was because of all that beefing around about it, it was almost soap opera esque, you know. And uh, that's what boxing needs a little bit of, you know, some uh, almost like WWE style stuff, you know. And you know, you do the show with Taz and whatnot. And you know, they have, they have these these uh, quirky uh, plot lines, you know, in wrestling. You know, but maybe boxing could use some of those to, to help sell these fights. You know? Look at Tyson Fury. <laughs> and had a, a wrestling Tyson Fury belongs w- on WWE. Plot line, you know. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: But no, it is you know, and UFC tries to do it a little bit from time to time too McGregor, look at McGregor. I mean,
1: it, you know, people like
0: the personalities. They want they want to it, it's sports are entertainment. And it, more than ever. It's entertainment, it's competing with all the other content out there too. And sports are the only thing that people watch live anymore. Really, right. you know. So I, I think it's great. And you were you were definitely a showman and in, in your career. Do you so. know what
2: I watch live now? Oh, what boy. do you watch live? The debates and Trump is gonna win Indiana tonight everyone tune in watch the guy everybody hates him and eventually
0: he's going to have to go to prison to debate uh, Hillary
2: the, yeah yeah he's <laughs> going to be debating Hillary while she's in the she's in the can the slammer um yeah Indiana is tonight they're going to see who wins Indiana and uh, ted cruz is hopelessly
1: behind and um, is just. What about Ted Cruz? Is like reaching. First of all, who names a vice president right. before they get the nomination? Like, yeah, yeah. How
2: much you, are you reaching? You ha- you hey. mathematically are out, but you just picked a vice president. Oh, this just in. No, That's
1: MP- a weirdo. Like, I, I, here's what. Here's the thing that I really can't stand: the god guys like Cruz and guys like Hillary. They'll say and do anything to win, even if it's the wrong thing. They'll back. They'll they'll back anything that that just to win. They'll say anything. They'll back anything, even if it's not the right thing if it guarantees them to win. I mean, and in politics that is just that's, that's exactly what's wrong with politics. The problem you know I mean? is it
2: still doesn't guarantee them to win and
1: they still do it. It doesn't guarantee them to win, but uh, but America is what's wrong is what happens when a democracy goes wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't be everybody's friend. A leader sometimes has to make choices that people don't want. You know what I mean? For the sake of better for the sake of better of, of a better overall life. You know what I'm saying? And Everybody, it's like a, it's become like a popularity contest, dude. Hillary's going on with Hillary and Sanders will just just appease Black Lives Matter, even though it's clearly a racist movement for the most part. You know, like they then then do, do, Ted Cruz, said, Donald Trump is Mike Tyson's backing. Ted Cruz goes around saying, "Oh well, he's a he's a convicted rapist," uh, you know, like like I think first of all. I don't believe Tyson raped that girl. First of all, first and foremost, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, god a bit. Uh,
2: it's not like the judges or, or the court system the or the, of the ever got all, anything wrong.
1: Second of all, who the fuck has any control over who backs them? Right, and even if you were going to count anything against it, who the fuck is sharp and back Bernie Sanders and Hillary? you he's as racist as they come. What you, what's the fault with it, it doesn't count, you know what I'm saying, like, you can't control who backs who, you know what I mean, it's, right, it's that, that's the stupidest fucking criticism I ever hear, but I mean, June News obviously jumps on shit like that too, but, oh, they love it, anything, the point I was saying is, Cruz and Hillary, they come off as people that will say and do anything just to get votes, I mean, anything, even if it's the wrong thing, and I, and I think that's a scary, uh, that's a scary thought, I think that proves, you, uh, a lack of character, and if you have no character, you have no business running a lemonade stand, let alone a country, um, uh, if you have no character So I mean I don't know I, We're going to get on this political debate It's going to get pretty hectic But uh, that's my two cents on it
2: Yeah what about the riots that were going on In uh, in California And they were trying to stop Trump From getting to where he had to speak Crazy really? They really? they vandalized police cruisers, Broke the windows Were jumping up and down on him
1: Really?
2: Uh, yeah but, uh, but according crazy. to everybody Trump is the one that incites violence oh, well, and, well
1: what do the police do?
2: The police were outnumbered. I mean, they got it under control afterwards, but in the beginning, you it was literally like a riot.
1: You don't tear gas these people: or that's I real- think
2: that's what they did afterward, yeah, eventually,
1: huh. yeah,
2: but you know, according to the media, only Trump incites this kind of violence. Not the people that are against them. Of course.
1: Well, the media, the problem with the media is that they have an agenda to back certain people because there's also money behind everybody else. The only person that doesn't want no money behind is Trump. He's, he's funding his own campaign. So the, the negativity about funding your own campaign is you owe nobody favors, so people will just back whoever they owe the favors to. You know what I'm saying? The, the media, the news, you know, and that's the problem. You, you can never actually get real coverage for, a, for a, a debate. You can never get real coverage for a debate. A political race—it's actually—if you got to actually be smart enough to read between the lines—and unfortunately, in this country, more so than any other country, there's probably some of the dumbest people who definitely can't read between the lines.
2: Well, uh, Trump has a lot of supporters, so
1: we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. uh. All right, guys, that's episode number fifty-two for me. I mean, you guys are gonna keep it up, keep it going. I'm—I'm off.
2: No, we're done, pal. We're We're wrapping it up with stuff.
1: Wrapping it up. We'll be back next week. I'll be in the studio next week. Um. and uh, we'll talk about Canelo versus Khan and the whole undercard because I'm, sure, I'm I have a feeling the undercard is gonna be better than the main event. So, Hundred uh, percent,
3: it's gonna be, gonna be better than the main and event.
1: I'm looking forward to being in Vegas. We everybody, all my British fans. Uh, BBC Radio 5 Live check me out this weekend uh, yeah honestly
2: who who wants to listen to Max Kellerman and Jim Lampley anyway so yeah, well, in, America. Better <laughs> in
1: America you don't get 5 Live you don't get the 5 Live broadcast right. oh, maybe
0: on yeah. TuneIn app they might have it you'd be surprised but,
1: but in, England, in England you get the 5 Live broadcast and uh, hopefully my fans uh, they, they tune in uh, and, and check us out
0: but guys in America you might be able to find it on TuneIn that's an app on your phone they, they carry stations from all Except over the, you're the
1: world you're, you're a
2: technology genius me that's not me why don't technology you get Tune in to sponsor the show since you said them twice <laughs> already. <laughs> oh,
0: huh? I'm just trying to get people to listen to Paulie. You're just drinking free
2: beer over there. Thank you, Corona.
1: Thanks, Corona. <laughs>
2: All right, All right we're out of here. Boom.
1: Please. Later. Later. Right, boom. We'll be back in
2: 53 Oh, days. listen, listen. Wow, wow, wow. In two days, Nikki, our little precious baby, turns 21. Boom. Oh.
1: Oh, I'm Nick Rupo 24 Is it? I'm Nick 24 Yeah. I'm Nick Rupo 24 Hit him up on his social media. Wish him happy birthday in two days. Friday, I'm, I'm taking here. him out. I 21. Boom. That I means you can come to the strip club for, the, for your bachelor party. Right? Yeah, I'm That's taking so him out cool. Friday,
2: too.
1: Boom. All right, fellas. All right. Later. Later. All right.